0: Good morning. This is your second Wednesday of the month host, Dr. Thaddeus Romanski. I am joining you here on Red Sea Roundup on Red Sea Catholic Radio. You might be listening to us on 88.5 FM KDC in Hearn, Bryan College Station. You might also be listening to us on 98.3 FM KYAR in Central Texas. Lorena Waco, you might also be listening to us on 107.9 FM LP, KINF in Palestine, Texas. You can also catch us on our website, redsearadio.org, or our mobile apps available for download on the Android App Store and the Apple App Store. Well, it's great to have you in today. We've got a, a really interesting show in the second part. We're going to be talking to um, Jeremiah and Michaela Harrison. They are the authors of A New Catholic Planner. And so those of you out there that are big on the paper uh, physical planner, it is a, it is a Catholic planner. And it's just come out from Sophia Institute Press, our friends there at Sophia. And so we're going to talk to the Harrisons about their project. And I've got a um, a special guest to help me do that. Going to be on with us in the second part of the show. So it's going to be a a lively conversation there. Um, but the first part of the the program, we uh, like to always catch you up on goings on around our listening area and to give you some Insight on the saint of the day or the saint of the week, and what's happening in the liturgical life of the church. Um, let's start with the fact that we're in the middle of Advent. We just celebrated Gaudaute Sunday last Sunday, and now we're we've got uh, you know because of this this year with Christmas being on a Sunday, we've got two full weeks until the Nativity of Our Lord, and so we're we're right in the middle of that. Third week of Advent. And today is December 14th, and we're coming up on the beginning of the Golden Nights, the O Antiphons. Uh, this is a practice in the, the church going back to the 8th century in the Roman Rite. The last seven days of Advent are called the O Antiphons. The O antiphons are prayed at evening prayer at Vespers. Uh, verses are added to Vespers that give these seven titles to Christ, and they all begin with the word O. And so here's a here's a quick listing of them. December seventeenth is O wisdom, then O Lord, O root of Jesse. O Key of David, O Dayspring, O King of the Nations, and finally, O Emmanuel, or O God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. Uh, if you were at our benefit dinner a couple of years ago and you got to hear Dr. Michael Foley, his book, Drinking with St. Nick, has a whole chapter on observing those O Antiphons and talks in more detail uh, about the the meaning and uh origin of those O antiphons, each one of them. So if you pick that up, pull that off the shelf and and look at that, consult that each day this week. Um, We also will be running um, PSAs on our airwaves each day where we pray those O antiphons, uh, sing a little bit of the verse from O Come, O Come, Emmanuel that goes along with the O antiphon, and um, pray the prayer from the vespers from evening prayer. So be listening for that. So that's a way to kind of bring, bring Advent to a a rousing conclusion. Um, Something else important to this, this coming to the end of Advent, uh, we got about 10 minutes left in this first part of the show um, is making it to confession. Uh, If you haven't been to confession yet this Advent, that's a, it's a good practice to make sure you, uh, you receive the Sacrament of, of Confession before attending Holy Mass on the Feast of the Nativity on December 25th or the Vigil on December 24th. Um, to help you do that, we've got some info for you on penance services in our listening areas. We want, I wanted to share that with you. Now, I'll talk about the Waco Deanery first, They have some penance services scheduled for tonight and tomorrow. There's additional confession times in the Waco Deanery. Um, I misspoke, not confession, not penance services, but there are additional confession times in the Waco Deanery. So what they are advising is please check your local bulletin or contact your parish's office to find out what those additional times are. But there's additional times tonight, the 14th, and tomorrow, the 15th. Now, in Bryan College Station there have been penance services ongoing. There are still a few more remaining. There is one tomorrow night in Bremond at St. Mary's at 7 p.m. Friday, the 16th at 6 30 p.m. There will be a penance service at Santa Teresa in Bryan. Tuesday, the 20th at 7 p.m. at St. Mary's in Hearn. And then Finally, on the 21st, Wednesday the 21st, at Christ the Good Shepherd Chapel in Bryan on the campus of St. Joseph's Catholic High School, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and then again that evening from 6 to 8 p.m. But um, first in the mix is tomorrow night, Thursday the 15th, 7 p.m., St. Mary's in Bremond, and then here, actually in Bremond, Brian College Station, Friday the sixteenth, Santa Teresa, in Bryan. We also have those times listed on our website, and there's a PSA running to give you those times. <clears throat> but we do encourage you to receive the sacrament of confession and to be um, to, to fully prepare yourself to receive our Lord in the Eucharist on the second highest feast day of the year. The nativity of his of his birth, his nativity. <laughs> um, don't need to be uh, redundant here, right? Now, um, today is the fourteenth. Yesterday was the feast of Santa Lucia, Saint Lucy. Um, today is another feast day uh, of a great saint, a doctor of the church. Today is the feast of Saint John of the Cross. Born Juan Epez, he was born in Spain, 1542. Born into the Protestant Reformation and all the convulsions of that event in Spain. He entered the Carmelite Order. Quite soon after he was ordained, in 1567, he met the great Saint Teresa of Avila. She invited him to join... Her work in reforming the Carmelites, and she uh, she had formed the Discalced or the Barefoot Carmelite Friars, um, the Carmelite calling the Carmelites back to um, a posture of poverty and really really living those vows of poverty. He became the first member of the monastery in Durillo. Uh he ended up being imprisoned by his Carmelite brothers because he took his this job of reforming the order so seriously. Um, and while he was imprisoned, uh, that's where he made he composed a lot of his most famous spiritual works. He wrote the Ascent of Mount Carmel. He wrote the, the Spiritual Canticle, the Living Flame of Love. Most of us are most familiar with him as the author of The Dark Night of the Soul. That's his most enduring work. He died on December 14th, 1591, was canonized in 1726, and he became a doctor of the church, was declared a doctor of the church in 1926, St. John of the Cross. Now, I happened upon on Aletea a post about a beautiful poem on the nativity written by St. John of the Cross. Um, He is recognized as one of the greatest poets in Spanish. And he's actually the national poet of Spain. He wrote this poem while he was imprisoned. And so I'd like to read it to you now. It's, it's quite short. Now at last the destined ages, their appointed course had run. When rejoicing from his chamber, issued forth the bridegroom's son. He embraced his bride, and held her lovingly upon his breast, and the gracious mother laid him in the manger down to rest. There he lay, the dumb beasts by him, they were fitly stabled there, while the shepherds and the angels filled with melody the air. So the feast of their espousals with solemnity was kept, but Almighty God and infant in the manger moaned and wept. So the bride at her betrothal did the bridal gifts arrange, but the mother looked in wonder at the marvelous exchange. Man gave forth a song of gladness, God himself a plaintive moan, both possessing that which never had been hitherto their own. Mm. It's the first part of that poem I feel like is a, Nativity scene, uh, a crash, a manger scene in verse. Beautiful painting of the manger scene in the stable. And then what a wonderful touching reflection on the incarnation, on God becoming man. And the need and the, and the, the the role that Mother Mary played in bringing forth our Lord and giving God in God being among us, right? O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. Her role. And I thought my maybe my, the most touching line for me was, "But Almighty God, an infant in the manger moaned and wept." Oh, that just so really evokes and says to me the, the profundity of God's condescension, the almighty, the eternal, the transcendent coming down and being with us and taking on human flesh, that God was an infant who moaned, who wept, who suckled, who needed his mother. He lowered himself and needed the care of his creation so that he could save us from, our, from ourselves and from our sins. So I hope that this has been a help to you today, and I hope that you'll stick with us on to the other side of the break. We're going to go to the break in about another minute when we're going to talk to Jeremiah Harrison and his wife, Michaela, about their new Catholic planner that's come out. It's called Fiat. And I have a special guest that's going to be joining me, an expert in Catholic planners, and you're not going to want to miss that. And we're going to have a really nice discussion about uh, the inspiration for that planner, um, its, its aspects, and also how, how this uh, kind of flowering of Catholic planners and calendars is helping families to rediscover and live liturgically and that's a that's a really good thing so stay with us on Red Sea Roundup on the other side of the break we'll be we'll be right back and thank you so much and we ask St. John of the Cross to please pray for us I've been there. Was in the gray. Okay, we are back on Red Sea Roundup. Very happy to have you in with us today on December fourteenth. As I said on the first part of the show, the Feast of Saint John of the Cross, and I was so uh, so lucky to have uh, come across that Nativity poem by Saint John that I read on the air, and I I, I really love that and a beautiful piece of of art. Um, that poem. And now we're going to be turning our attention to talking about uh, another art form, uh, another art form that's really taken off in the, the American Catholic world as of late. And that's the Catholic planner. And to talk about that, I have an expert on Catholic planners. This, this, this person has, has sampled many Catholic planners, um, is in search of the perfect planner, um, and is just has a, has a lot of knowledge and familiarity with with planners, and I think has a lot to say about about this phenomenon. And that is none other than my wife, Robin Romanski. Welcome into the show, babe. Thank you. Good morning. Except you're muted. Sorry.
1: Thank you. Good morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's I hope that's not a sign of of uh, things to come of how the how the conversation is going to go. No. Robin, tell the the people on the airwaves before we bring the Harrisons on who are the the creators of this uh, planner that we're going to talk about today, Fiat, from out with uh, Sophia Institute Press. Tell them about your experience with Catholic planners.
1: Oh, I have sampled many. I have yet to purchase the same one twice. So there are many out there and I've had many years of using um, one at a time. I use them specifically to um, live the liturgical calendar of the church in our home, which is something that has grown very to be a very big part of our family's culture or our family life. Mm-hmm. Um, we homeschool our—we well, have six children. We homeschool the ones that are of homeschooling age, and the others, well, they get homeschooled too. So anyway, we use it—I mean, I use the it The other daily. ones
0: interrupt the homeschooling.
1: Right, but they're getting schooling too.
0: <laughs> they are, <laughs> against <laughs> <They're>, their will.
1: <laughs> they're getting homeschooled and they're unschooling some of the others. Right. <laughs> but it works. Um, anyhow, so that that is what prompted the original purchase of a Catholic liturgical planner it, for myself. And, and I primarily use it as I'm looking ahead for lesson plans for the week and meal planning for the week. Um, I like to incorporate some of the church's prayers and specific devote particular devotions for the season. Um, It's great when the planners have those items in there as well. So yes, I'm excited to get to talk with um, the Harrisons, Harrisons, Jeremiah and Michaela.
0: So without further ado, let's not keep them uh, on hold anymore and keep our listeners in suspense anymore. Uh, Jeremiah and and Michaela, welcome in.
2: Thank and, you. Thank you for having us. We're glad to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a good husband and um, pitch the first question to to my lovely wife, Robin. Uh, go ahead, babe.
1: Well, I think to start with, for our listeners, it would be interesting for us to hear a little bit about you guys and maybe what prompted the publishing or the writing of this catholic planner tell us a little bit about some of the other products that you have that go along with it that we can be on the lookout for but also just you know tell us about yourselves and and you know if you were are you cradle catholics are you converts you know where are you at um in this catholic world of ours oh
2: sure well i'm also i'm a mom i don't have quite as many i have five kids so i'm one one behind y'all wow Uh, but uh, same same situation where you know trying to bring everything together in the home, uh, balancing the, the practical needs of the home, but also trying to bring the family spiritually through the liturgical year, and as different seasons of life allow you to do more or less. Um, this 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 uh, planner was was second to um, the first product that we did were were calendars, liturgical calendars, um, fully illustrated. Um, I designed them such that a, a child who wasn't able yet to read could go up and by understanding the language and what different things on it meant, they could tell not only who the saint was to identify them by their symbols, but also know what what rank of feast it was. Um, and it sort of was just like a rich tapestry of, of um, information to help children understand the faith better and live liturgical year. Uh, made with children in mind, but uh, honestly, for any adult to anybody's child at heart, it's it, it's a it's a rich banquet. Um, but what we had all this imagery already made, and and there it, we needed something that you could actually write and you that you could do more planning for um, uh, for moms and but really for anyone. But alongside liturgical year, and so that's kind of where the planner came from. And it was my sister who um, kind of helped to spearhead that aspect of the project. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm cradle Catholic. My husband's a convert, um, so we, we we both you know kind of bring bring a special insights into this. But really trying to serve people everywhere, and uh, especially my heart is for
3: for mothers and families with little children. We're we're trying to make objects and art that bring forth the riches, the heritage of the Catholic Church, and put it, you know, something you could use in your home, where you could look at it and see at a glance so many things, so many connections, ask questions, kind of dive deeper. That's what the calendars are all about, and then the planner, you know, becomes an extension of that.
0: Um, Jeremiah Thaddeus here. I'm I'm excited that one of you is a convert for this reason, because I'm curious did you come out of a religious tradition that had a, a liturgy, you know, were you maybe Episcopal or did you come from a religious tradition that was not liturgical and given that background, you know, what is it, what has it been like becoming part of a, a of a religion that is where liturgy is so important to living out the faith?
3: So I came from a religious church. Tr- I really come from non-denominational kind mm-hmm. of Baptist meaning. So not really any sort of liturgy at all. And honestly, it's like coming in from a barren wasteland to an <laughs> oasis of meaning and layers and symbols. It really, you know, I've, I've, I've believed all my life in the incarnation. But when you have a liturgy, and when you have the structures that the church has, it 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 gives a new meaning to it. You realize what incarnation really means to take these. Invisible realities and to truly make them to where you can see them, touch them, feel them with every bow, with every gesture. The liturgy is just so rich. So I, I just, I, it's definitely, yeah, so rich and it's captured me, mind, body, and soul. I can,
0: I can tell. Go ahead, Robin.
1: I was just going to, before Thaddeus went there, can you, can you either of you tell us the name of the calendar that you started with so that? If we would like to find it, or if our listeners would like to find that, they, is it Fiat as well?
3: It's a, so. It's called the Illustrated Liturgical Year. You can find it at Sophia Institute Press. Uh, just go to go to their website and type in in the little search bar "calendar," and it'll show up. You can, there are actually two choices. You can do a subscription where you uh, you pay twenty five dollars a quarter, and a quarterly a set of these illustrated calendars is sent to you that you can hang on the wall, or you could just purchase them one at a time. And then we also have our own website for our work. Liturgy of the Home is our little apostolate. And on Liturgy of the Home, you can get a digital version to print on your own. We also have coloring pages of like every Saint's Feast Day all year long. We have this huge library of imagery that my wife and her two sisters have been feverishly working to build over the last couple of years. So you can, you can check out liturgyofthehome.com. And for the calendars, go to Sophia and... Uh, Look for calendar. It was called the Illustrated Liturgical Year.
0: Okay, now probably people are out there wondering: um, Do they have to only go to Sophia to to pick this up, or can they also purchase it at at other um, websites or other places?
3: Sophia is connected to uh, you know many other uh, distributors, so I know that this is available other places too. Uh, I do believe you'll get the best deal if you're interested in the. A subscription, you'll get the best deal from Sophia directly okay. for that. Okay. Um, but there's images of the calendars. You can see them. They're really beautiful. There's just, there's so much packed in. There's layers of imagery, uh, you know, between the, the, the daily images themselves and then the frame that surrounds them. You know, the, each of the frames uh, take their cues from the season of the year. It's, the, the idea is that the calendar that you put up that does not display secular time, it displays sacred time. And so even the way it's framed, it's not framed by the month, it's framed by the liturgical period. Mm. So you'll have, you'll have to see it. It's, it's pretty neat.
1: Great. I can't wait. Okay. Um, now, to get us back kind of toward where Thaddeus was leading, asking the question about, um, Jeremiah, your faith tradition that you came out of, I have a question for Michaela now, since she is a cradle Catholic. Did, Michaela, did you grow up in a home that— observed the liturgical calendar specifically or is this a kind of expedition or a a journey that you have been on as you have become a wife and mother yourself?
2: I would say it's a continuation of what I grew up with. Um, I'm the oldest of seven and I was homeschooled. Uh, We were, my mom, my family's very faithful, um, but you know, like a lot of moms, my mom dealt with a lot of burnout. And so she was trying this and trying that and feeling like she was failing more often than she was succeeding. And so I feel like the what I've been able to do is really, you know, because I've been able to stand on her shoulders and like kind of move forward. So I'm really grateful to her. But it wasn't like a picturesque, you know, we did a great job, we were trying. And I think that we're just continuing to try and making little steps towards, you know, rebuilding Catholic culture um, first in our homes and then, you know, with the community around
0: us. And I want to remind everyone that uh, they're listening to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Dr. Thaddeus Romanski. We're talking with Jeremiah and Michaela Harrison, authors and creators of the Fiat Traditional Catholic Planner. And... You are probably listening to us on KEDC 88.5 FM, Hearn Bryan College Station, KYAR 98.3, Lorena Waco, or 107.9 FM in Palestine, Texas. Um, now, I was curious about why the title Fiat. Now, obviously, Fiat means. Um, Yes, that's that's what Mary gave to the angel Gabriel. She gave her fiat to cooperate in the incarnation. What what else are y'all trying to evoke by titling this planner fiat?
2: Well, there's multiple there's multiple things. I figured I, <laughs> I went, went into the name. Um, uh, we were discussing it as a group, and. Um, We live near a a Benedictine Abbey called Clear Creek.
0: I've visited it several times. Beautiful. Yeah.
2: So, oh, wonderful. Yes. It's a beautiful place. We live where we we can hear the bells ringing. Um, So we feel very, very much a a closeness there. My husband and I are oblate there. And it's called Our Lady of the Annunciation. Um, So... The title is a little bit of a nod, you know, to to the Abbey, but also, um, more importantly, I think for everyone using this this planner, my hope is is that each day as they're planning, it will be a reminder to give their fiat to our Lord, you know, and to do His will in their life. Mm-hmm. And we featured in the front of the um, the front of the planner a really beautiful illuminated um, uh, version of of the um, the angelus. And because the Angelus traditionally has been said by families three times a day, mm-hmm. uh, now some people will still do it in the the middle of the day, like before the uh, before their lunch or you know at, at noon is the traditional time. And you know the beautiful classic image of the Angelus as a painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just feel like that's a, a very simple humble way for us to start rebuilding Catholic culture is with the bringing back the Angelus, and and it begins. You know it it has the salutation of the angel to our lady and our lady, you know, says, let it be done to me according to your word. That's her fiat. So mm-hmm. that's, that was kind of all wrapped into that idea. And that's also, uh, helped us choose the the image for the cover. And I just felt like, like it was, it was simple and sweet. And that's, that's what we're all looking for in this crazy world is something simple and true.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I love those reasons for the title. I, I also wondered if you were trying to say, um, it's a planner and it's about, uh, saying yes to the things that you have to do that day. You know, yes to your, <laughs> well, you yes go. to your yes. duties, yes to your yes. Well, obligations.
2: That's, that's right. It's so like God, that's, that, that's what God's asking of us. And we are trying to be faithful and, and say yes to him. And by, by doing the work, you know, they say, yes. you, you offer everything up to God and even your practical duties are a, a prayer to him.
0: That's right. I mean, that's really how we pursue holiness is through, um, Sanctifying the ordinary, right? Making every little thing that we do um an offering to God, like you said. Uh so that's that's really beautiful. I I love I love the title. I love the reasoning behind the title. Okay, Are we did <laughs> <laughs>
1: um okay, i I have another maybe practical question here for either of you or both of you. When you were creating the planner, since that's what we're you know discussing right now, when you were creating the planner, what were you hoping to um Make sure you provided people that isn't already um, available let's say
2: well and i I should say my sister Kateri, I wish she could be here too she um she did a lot of the actual putting it together, and we would we would discuss it a lot, so I was very much a part of it um but the I would say that the the things that this planner offers is is that there's there's i think two big things that other planners won't. So far that, that it's not out there and that is images for every day so rather than just having the name of a saint you actually see the image and it makes it a lot quicker at a glance to see what's coming up that week and you know you'll never again schedule a doctor appointment on a big feast day because you see the image there when you're writing you know when, when you're doing your scheduling um and so it's just really lovely to have that that full color imagery there um But also, you know, we designed this planner for what we would want to see and what we would want to use. So it was very practical. And one of the the unique features is this extra, we call it a weekly insert page. So um, in between each weekly spread, there's this special insert. And it has a a great deal of flexibility um, where you can put things that are not day specific, but that you, you need to look at for that week. And there's a meal planning, there's Note taking. There's just a flex sheet that's made in a bullet st- bullet journal style with the dot grid pattern. Um, I use that a lot when I was doing a bullet journaling, and and I just love the flexibility that that offered. So we this is kind of an experiment to see we love it. Do the people out there love it? And you know, do we want to continue with with some of these these new features in future years?
1: Okay, so I think I I think I see this in the PDF that we have of it that I printed out. And so what you're referring to is sort of after the monthly calendar, then the next page is shows you kind of a week at a gl- you know, the week at a glance with the meal plan and and other items for that week on the left hand side, but then on the right hand side is where you have the bullet journal style yep. blank page. Is that correct? Is that how they
2: that's, look yep, in that? The- and because I mean different weeks like this week, my sister and I are doing a gingerbread village and we're writing out, you know, different things we need to, you know, get from the store and doing designs in there. And it's just like, but then the next week I'm gonna be working on something different. Some mothers may use it for homeschooling planning, or if you know if a husband is a carpenter and needs to do designs, like it's just a, a flex page so you can really customize it to what your needs are.
1: Nice. All right. Also, since you said husband or you know a male use utilizing it, I've noticed, you know, I noticed from the images that I could see online and what we have in the PDF that unlike many of the other planners that I've seen, it isn't specifically geared, you know, I know you mentioned that you had Catholic mothers in mind, but it looks like it would be certainly an attractive planner for a man to carry around as well.
2: Yep. That was a big deal for my dad, for my husband, for Um, The different men around here, we asked them, you know, got their feedback on the design and stuff. And we intentionally wanted to make it to where it could be used um, without any uh,
1: (laughs) any problems. Right. I I was teasing my husband that he wouldn't want to carry around. I was pulling out some of the old ones that I've had over the years that yeah, he may not want to carry said. around those flowers and stuff. Yeah, no flowers. No flowers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a reminder that you're listening to Red Sea Roundup. We're talking to Jeremiah and, and Michela, Michaela ha- Harrison about their um, their new traditional Catholic planner called FIAT. It's available from Sophia Institute Press, and you can also go to Sophia's website sophiainstitute.com and order their calendars the uh, catholic the illustrated catholic calendar yeah yep. the Il- yep. illustrated liturgical year excuse me and their website is liturgy of the home liturgy of the home is where they now the artwork did i did i hear y'all say that it's original artwork that y'all produced it yourself
3: yep I all every single one <laughs> A lot of drawing.
0: My goodness.
1: So who's the artist?
2: So um, I'm, the, I'm the primary artist, um, but the uh, credit goes to my sisters as well. We've developed a methodology where I do all of the composition, the design work. I generate the black and white images, and then we discover a way to basically print that very lightly on watercolor paper. So one of my other sisters actually you know, takes that and then puts it to watercolor and then it gets uh, scanned back into the computer and then I do final edit and then my other sister does all of the organization and helping to put all these, stitching all these different pieces together because it's every year is different. The unique composition of liturgical year, it changes um, from year to year. So this is kind of a living, breathing project and um, it's It's been really, there's no way I could with five children and everything else going on be able to do this without their help. So it's really a joint creative process with them. I
0: I can't believe you've done what you have done, even with their help, given that you're homeschooling five children. That's incredible.
2: Yeah, I don't know how I do it either. It's every day. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do. You do
0: it at four in the morning, I guess.
2: Uh, no, not even. Usually, it's like it's like one o'clock to three o'clock in the middle of the night with a kid that won't sleep or a mm. baby or. Something. Then it's like okay, then I
1: sleep until seven or something crazy. But anyway, right? God, all His grace. Yes,
0: wow. that is indeed beautiful.
1: Now you mentioned that it's different every year, so you guys are working on these illustrations and and just kind of tweaking them a little bit each year. More as more you're preparing. Or
3: less for-
2: well, one one thing that I've I've learned so much the last several years working on this project, and everything that's not only in the the, ca- the calendar but in the, in the planners too, it's it's not just me coming up with that out of my, my head. I'm I'm researching each of these saints, what their symbols are, looking over um, hundreds sometimes of, of other depictions of the saints to make sure that I'm accurate. And um, with the when, with, as the liturgical year changes, sorry, each year, um, I said, <laughs> there's there, there's there's something that God is speaking to us each year because of the way that different feast days fall in relation to other feast days. So for example, you know, last year, um the the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned, it was the feast of the sacred heart that year, but that was the the, the sacred heart moved. It, it had eclipsed the Feast of John the Baptist. John the Baptist would have been on that day, but because the Feast of Christ, or sorry, the Feast of Sacred Heart happened to fall on that day because it changes with with Easter. It mm-hmm. it, it moves,
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And
2: so there was something God, I think, was really speaking to us in that year because of this, this this coinciding of these two feast days on the same day, and then Roe v. Wade was overturned on that day. So each year, we're looking at what is, what's the particular combination going on? And so the art will also reflect that so if i see something really unique i will try to insert special things so much is being reused but then it's not it's not dead in the sense that it's just being slapped in there it's like there's are unique compositions and so i'm taking old artwork putting in new artwork turning saints so like if they're in one direction because of something i might turn them another direction and add something else in if there's a if there's if they're next to another you know unique um feast day or whatever if, I don't know if that makes sense sure but it's definitely evolving as the years go by.
3: Another important thing to note is that all of the art, although original, is completely based and rooted in the church's art tradition. So Mm Mikaela is really pulling from imagery, medieval imagery, imagery, you know, some of the Renaissance period, but also Eastern iconography. And so the art itself is really an homage and a continuation of that art tradition. very important for us to make something that was truly beautiful, and it was, you know, try, try to capture something that was timeless.
2: And to translate it to where children can understand it, because a lot of times these arts, the, the, we have a, a great art heritage, but sometimes it doesn't speak to the children now, and so I'm, in a sense, trying to make that that more accessible to families.
0: Again, we're talking with the, the Harrisons, uh, Jeremiah and Michaela, creators of the FIAT Traditional Catholic Planner. It's offered by Sophia Institute Press. You can go to sophiainstitute.com and order it there. And I wanted to spend the last, oh, 15 minutes or so um, talking a little bit about the one aspect of the planner that I think is really important, and it's in the subtitle of the planner, and that's traditional. And the, the planner is based on the 1962 missile. Um obviously me me being familiar with Clear Creek Abbey I understand why you geared it to the preconciliar um uh, missile and liturgical calendar because that's um that's what's celebrated there at Clear Creek. Um first I want to give y'all a chance to talk about the richness of that liturgical year. Uh, that pre-conciliar liturgical year as opposed to the liturgical year after the Reform. Just talk about um, why you have an attachment to that, why you love it.
3: Well, that liturgical year, the pre-62, is largely, it's it's our heritage, where we're talking about a, a series of feasts and fasts and liturgical year that would have been known to our great, 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 great grandparents two, three hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, I mean, it's it, you know, goes back to Trent and even before, but there's just so many layers of meaning, of symbolism that are impregnated into that the church of the year. Like one aspect that I find extremely valuable is that all of the periods of time are reckoned by the pivotal feasts of the church year. So in in, in the traditional calendar, you'll have time after Pentecost, mm-hmm. you'll have time after Christmas, time mm-hmm. after Epiphany. And so there's there's a Always a strong sense of where you are. You're always in relationship to these great feasts of the church, Mm -hmm. and the way you're oriented, Mm -hmm. how how you're oriented in your heart and your mind. And there's many of these aspects that are they're they're muted or they're downplayed or they're they're kind of gone in in the in the new calendar. Mm -hmm. And just as we look out in our lives and at the world of what's going on we just felt a strong sense that as Catholics, we've got to reconnect to our roots. We've got to rediscover our heritage because with those saints, with those early martyrs, with those heroic saints that have been held up in that, in that traditional calendar, I really believe that's where we find so much of the answer of how to reorient ourselves, our children, our families, and our communities. And so there's, there's I could go on for a long time, but there's just so much Mm-hmm. in the traditional calendar that we have to rediscover. Well, give, remember,
2: give them the example. I think I mean, there's a lot of examples. Obviously we don't have to go into all of them, but give them the example like Epiphany and, and, and
3: the importance of the 12 days of Christmas and that, that being changed. Well, yeah. I mean, so you understand January 6th has always been a pivotal day uh, within Christmas of East and West. I mean, I mean in Epiphany January 6th is actually, in some ways, in the East it's celebrated larger than, mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. Christmas mm-hmm. here. But between December the 25th and January 6th is 12 days. That's where you get the 12 days of Christmas.
0: Correct.
2: Yeah, but mm-hmm. On a new calendar, it, it, it's been bumped over. Just so. to the nearest
3: Sunday. And so every year, that whole, the 12 days of Christmas and the meaning that was there, that, that's kind of lost. And so by going to the traditional calendar, especially with this illustration method that we have, we have a way of drawing Uh, homage little homages to all of those different meanings and so when you look at this it makes even the children ask questions why is this here why is that there it opens up the ability for parents to do catechesis right in their home without even trying because it's just there and the kids are interested and the parents are interested and it gives you a good thing to go go ask your priest about this and so we're just trying to make work we're trying to make artwork that can help be a catalyst for the rediscovering the reclaiming of our Catholic heritage.
2: And also there's already a lot of resources out there for the new calendar, but there, there really wasn't a lot for those. They're trying to keep more with the traditions. And so we just really have a heart to help, help in that, that sphere.
0: Sure. Sure. Now I know that um, in the Saint maker, which I used for a, a little while, you maybe are familiar with that particular yeah. planner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. They, they geared it towards the traditional calendar, it was very obvious that that's what the kind of the driving uh, force behind it was, but they always listed the um, Novus Ordo feasts as well.
2: Yes. Was, yes. Did, y'all,
0: did y'all have a debate about whether you should do that, or was that never well, even I, a, a question?
2: I'm laughing because I lost so many sleepless nights because I was asking, I was like, I, I knew in my heart I wanted to keep all these, these traditions in the old calendar, but I could not let go of all the new saints and the, the new um, important events. Like our lady of Fatima is not recognized in the old calendar. Right. I, I mean, Padre Pio, I mean, right. these are people that, They're you know, money. yeah. Totally. So, yep. um, but I did not want to put myself as an authority in any way. And so I developed for the calendars, particularly, it, it's not so much reflected in, in the planners because, uh, in the frame of the calendars, I have a lot of flexibility to put things that are both historical feast days that are so feast days from before, and then also the newer saints or newer um, things in the frame. And and they're not just stuck there like a sticker, they're actually placed and the composition is chosen to where they're entering into liturgical year with us. So for example, the Feast of St. Robert Bellarmine is on the traditional calendar for uh, May the 13th, and so I have him pictured, and he's holding a crucifix, but that crucifix is is uh, the crucifix of a rosary that goes over into the frame, and you see Our Lady of Fatima with the three children mm. holding the rosary. And so in a way, even though Robert Bellerman's still in his place, she's over in that place, it shows that there's this connection between them, and who knows, maybe someday when there's a reconciliation of the calendrical confusion we're going <laughs> through. Capital swapping places, and Bellarmine will be on the side, and Our Lady will be in the middle. But we're going to leave all that to God. I just, in the calendars, I keep with the language, so that way people can see where it's at. But every, it's all woven together and, and sort of a unity there.
0: Okay. Okay. Right. Wow,
1: that's, that's great. That was one of my questions um, when we were discussing this last night, was, you know, some of those great new saints, newer saints, and whether or not you took them into, into account when you were, you know, creating this. And so I'm oh, really excited yeah, think, about the yeah. illustrated liturgical calendar or the illustrated one, liturgical one, year. One,
2: one of the things that's really important to me as a mom is that I I did not want to be a stumbling block to parents. And in this time of confusion and and difficulty we're going through, Um, I I, want to help parents and not put a stumbling block to them. So even in the way that I present the newer saints, it gives a great deal of flexibility to how parents even um, uh, present them to their their, their child. Um, So any saint that is 1800s or later is pictured on the frame in like an oval frame, like what you'd see, you know, a relative, a great-great-grandparent, you know, an old photograph. And so um, that's where Gianna Mola, you know, Excellency Colby, all of them are in these, these frames. So a, a little child can go say, oh, wow, well, that person there lived closer to us, like, you know, a contemporary of, of, of relatives even. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not pictured with halos or their titles. And so, I mean, the, the calendars go to, you know, uh, people, you know, Sede Vicantins, I know, gets this, death of Siag, yeah, Nova Ordo, like everyone Catholic. Can basically see these calendars, and it kind of artistically, I was able to not make any statements that would cause, you know, difficulty for any of those groups.
0: Gotcha. Um, I, 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 I think that's really uh, charitable of you um, that that you wanted to you see this as a, you wanted it to be a source of of unity, um, not a source of division. Um, yeah. If what would you guys say to you know a person who maybe isn't fortunate to live in, a, in such a place as, as Clear Creek. Maybe they live in, and they live in an area where they don't have access to the um, traditional liturgy. And maybe they're not even familiar with the older calendar. And so when they pick up this book um, and they see things like uh, an ember day or a rogation day, um, time after Pentecost rather than ordinary time and they might be um, they might be confused and they might not know kind of where to start or or how this would integrate into their life basically how what would be your pitch to a I hate to use that marketing language what would be your your argument to somebody who is thoroughly ensconced in the in the novus ordo calendar and that's what they know what would be your argument to them that they should pick up this calendar and, and how how they could start using it?
2: Well, I think what our hope is, is that it will pique their curiosity and their interest. And even just a little simple question like, oh, this is an Ember Day? What's an Ember Day? If they just, I mean, we have, we have almost any information we want at the tip of our fingers with our phones and our computers. Like, they're going to spend time on those devices. Like, why not research the history of the, of the Ember Days? There is, there is, it's like a treasure trove, and I think that was one of my main motivations in putting this out there was for people to be curious. Like, if we're going to be curious, be curious about these beautiful things that God has has prepared for us. And you know, even if you don't live near a traditional um, liturgy, you know, if you go online, there uh, there are beautiful you. you you can see, you know, St. John Kansas, they put out, you know, all of their their masses. You, you, you can still see it, see that. It's not the same thing as experiencing it in person. Um, there's there's a lot of information out there. And I just think that sometimes people don't know to go looking for it. And so we're mm-hmm. kind of hoping that our products will be kind of a little bit of a, uh, an off-ramp from the modernism and an on-ramp maybe onto some of these more traditional things. But I think people that are really seeking that It'll, it'll really warm their hearts to see it. So I didn't want to shy away from doing it because they, they wouldn't understand. And we're not really supposed to understand everything about the faith. Like, no matter how much study you do, you'll never understand it all. We're just always growing, and it's always an invitation to learn more. And it's delightful. I mean, I've been studying this now for a long, long time, and I'm still discovering new things that I'm sure I'll never exhaust it. It's, sure. it's always, and that's that's the mystery of God. And God's the orchestrator, you could say. The Holy Ghost is really the orchestrator of the liturgical year. And um, it's a mystery for even how all these different days interact with each other. But he set the stars in the sky. He set these different these different feast days throughout the centuries. And we now get to see how they're all weave together. And it's, it's really beautiful.
3: And I would add to that a little bit, you know, we're blessed. There's many, many places where the traditional liturgy is offered. And I would encourage someone to, to look up. I mean, you could, you could drive a little bit, you know, an hour or whatnot, and find and attend attend them and see it. And then you can kind of see it more fully, too. But uh, there's there's more opportunities now than there have been. And it continues to grow. People's interests continue to grow because there's, there's something beautiful there.
2: And there's a hunger, you know. The modern is, modern world can't can't really satisfy.
0: No, that's certainly true. Certainly true, Robin. You were going to say something.
1: Sure, I was just going to ask. Um, as you are kind of putting this all together, and you've obviously been implementing it or living liturgically, let's say, in your own home, I have had a couple of questions just lately, and passing, you know, conversations with folks about, you know, other moms asking. So, you know, Robin, how do you do it? What do, how, What's the best way to teach the faith to, to your children? Or what do you find um, is most effective? And, you know, this idea of living liturgically is what I often try to explain to them or share with them, because I think it's just a beauty that if untapped is, you know, is, is just, you know, terrible, uh, you know, like terrible to miss that opportunity because it's it's so beautiful and and fun in our home um so just I'd ask you, the two of you, if you could share what it looks like in your home or how how do you how do you use it with your own family
0: and we have just three minutes left
1: all right, no pressure. <laughs> um, Part of
2: why we did the calendar is because you can't celebrate every feast day. You have to start somewhere and do what you as a mom, usually it's the moms, what you can do. You have to think about your temperament, your personality. We as a family kind of chose to start with, uh, besides the big feast days, you know, um, to start with our children's uh, baptismal anniversaries and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to celebrate those in a special way. And then their, their namesake, so their their okay. patron saint. Um, and part of why we did the calendars is because even if you, you can do very little, you can still see where you are and look at it and participate as much as possible. It's like liturgical year is there and you enter, it into, you enter into it as much as you can. But even if you're not able to do much, it's still there and there's still meaning and significance. It's not dependent upon how many cookies you bake or, you know, how many <laughs> crafts you do. It's, it's really just about more knowing that this is what the whole universal church is celebrating this day, and you enter into that with your heart, and you do these physical things to help you as much as you are as you are able. Um, but I think for moms, really being realistic, you know, about what what they can do that's going to help them as a mom enter into liturgical year. So if you love baking, then bake, and if you love doing crafts, do crafts, and if you love reading stories, read stories. But you know, it, liturgical year should not become. Oh, one more thing I have to do. It's a gift for the moms as much as for the children. And and so that's kind of something I hope we can begin to change and it's not a, you know, an Instagram thing. This is mm-hmm. this is this is a much bigger more significant thing and it's part of God's story and we are part of that.
3: And it'll take time. Start a little bit at a time. Try one little thing, maybe just once a week. Even if you fail the idea is to just slowly to to build your life around it more and more, it may take ten years, but that's okay.
2: And this is a beautiful thing. If if you let's say your kids are sick on St. Patrick's Feast Day, there's next year to do St. Patrick's Feast Day a, a little better. And so, you know, just it's it's not a one time oh you failed. It's it's like we just keep going and keep keep living it each year. And and God God will help us. We just have to trust Him and
1: ask for His help. Sure, we we should look at it more as the cumulative, not yeah, not each individual year as having to do all the things.
3: The goal is to get to heaven, and this is just one of one of the Church's tools to help us get there. Right.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of our interview. Um, Jeremiah, Michaela, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and answering all of our questions about the Fiat uh, traditional Catholic planner, and we also learned about your wonderful uh, illustrated liturgical year. You can see everything that they do at Liturgy of the Home and for Red Sea Catholic Radio and Red Sea Roundup I am your host Dr. Thaddeus Romanski you'll hear next week from Pam Marvin and I want to wish everyone a happy feast of St. John of the Cross bye bye now
2: take care Good this great